You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. Today, we got an amazing guest. Homie here is a serial entrepreneur, and we're going to get into that, right? He's an engineer. He's a national talk show host and a whole lot more. I'm glad and very proud to introduce the one, the only, the amazingly talented Mr. John C. Morley. What's going on, kiddo? How you doing? Al, thank you for that wonderful welcome. <laughs> How you feeling, kiddo? How's life treating you, brother? Thank you. I'm feeling great. It's good to be alive, and it's great to be sharing knowledge with uh, great people like you and your viewers. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to get into. You are a serial entrepreneur. You're an engineer, talk show, doing podcasts. You're you're just running game everywhere, brother. So before we get into that, how you stepped into this whole game and started doing your own takeover, if you will, uh, talk about a bit about yourself and where you originally from. So originally, I am from uh, well, I'm from New Jersey. That's where I, I was born. Oh, Jersey raised. boy, right. Yes, I'm very proud to be in New Jersey. Uh, I live now in Franklin Lakes in the beautiful Bergen County, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, I went to school for my engineering in Connecticut, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Gotcha. Uh, so really uh, enjoyed that. And uh, I decided at a very young age that I don't want to work for anybody too long. What inspired that, though? You know, Was I think. Was there a moment? Yeah, I think it's because I've talked to a lot of people and I know how they have to fit into this mold. I don't want to fit into any mold, Al. Yeah. I want to just be who I am. And I always say you're going to like me, love me, or hate me, and that's okay. As it should be. Who cares when you listen? If they ain't paying your bills, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's what I, like I say. That. I like if that. If they ain't paying your bills, it don't matter. Yo. You pay my bills, and maybe I respect you a little bit more. That's all. Uh, but other than that, so uh, who was the early inspiration of your life to, that really tickled your fancy to try to, you know, get onto this entrepreneurial journey that you've been on? <laughs> so I have to tell you, Al, when I was in um, high school, I went to a parochial um, uh, grade school, K through eight, oh, and then I went to a parochial high school. Oof. And, uh, you know, tough. that's that's a little challenging. Yeah, it's tough, <laughs> the, I know. The, uh, the grades, when everybody else is getting like uh, one square, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should be getting, that's like an A. I'm like, no, no, not, not here in, in parochial school. I said, <laughs> we're lucky that's a B minus over here. <laughs> really? I couldn't deal with that. So um, there was a lady, uh, her name, um, she, she was an amazing um, uh, science and physics teacher. And to kind of just jump to her a minute, she kind of was watching me. Mm-hmm. And not that I was being lazy, but she <laughs> knew that I wasn't a troublemaker. And she always tried to keep me out of that group because that group always tried to pull me in. And so um, she was one of these teachers, you know, that always would check your homework every night. Gotcha. You know, put your homework out, and uh, if, if it's a blank page, I'm going to give you a check minus. 
If it's complete, I'm going to give you a check. And uh, so she just want to see that you did it. So some people would just do it 10 minutes before the class and they'd read all kinds of BS down the paper. But she eventually caught on because she would do these like quizzes. Okay. She's like, okay, that's the CV to the homework. Now let's have a surprise quiz on oh, nice. uh, chemistry. So this lady, very, very nice lady, uh, Mrs. Burns, amazing lady. They were teaching basic at my school, beginners, all-purpose, symbolic instructional code. All right. And so uh, I had already dabbled in basic. My uh, parents had won one of these Atari 800s, and I had been playing with it for years. Oh, and most people were oh. writing video games. I was actually using it to figure out how to manipulate the characters and how to write oh, nice. games like um, crossword puzzles and tic-tac-toe. Similar to war games, but not exactly the same thing. War well, games, were... classic movie too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted to uh, tell me what was coming up, and it was basic. <clears throat> so I enrolled in basic. I figured this is going to be a no-brainer for me. All right. So she got to talking to me, and she said, John, she says, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I talked to the principal about you. I said, what's wrong? She says, I talked to him. Uh, his name was Brother Ed. And him and I agree that you shouldn't be in this class. Why not? Well, you're doing yourself a disservice. And um, I don't want you to be skating by thinking that that's all there is in life. So I've talked to him. And him and I agree that you shouldn't take it. I said, okay, great. I won't take it. No, 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 not so fast. We want you to take something else, but we don't offer it here. But I happen to be enrolled in a class at a local community college. Well, that's nice. She says, and I'm going to be teaching you. Pascal and Silent Study. I was like, oh. what? Pascal. What? <laughs> Too funny. So all the other languages, you just basically typed and you hit run and it was very easy. Pascal, you had to type it in and then you had to compile it. So it would go to one thing, then you had to link it and then you could run it. Seemed like a lot more aggravation. Now I appreciate it. <laughs> the one that really instilled in me that there's more. Because nice. I told her, I don't want to go into computers. This is so easy for me. She said, John, that's exactly why you should do it. It's your passion. And that really didn't resonate with me for a while. Of course, you're a to, kid, uh, you know, who's going to listen to the nun? You're a student. Hey, this is easy, kiddo. Get out of here. Uh, hey, ladies, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So this lady, uh, very, very nice, very respectable, um, she did not give the easiest tests. I'll tell you, you had to study your butt off for her tests. Oh, There's only one teacher that was harder than her, and that was my AP uh, biology test. The only teacher I knew that wanted you to come over to her house on Fridays so she could go over what the tests would be oh, like. Damn. It was that hard. She'd make yeah. lunch, she'd make dinner, and people that didn't go over to her house, very simple, you failed. Was the, was, was the dinner any good, though? The dinner was amazing. Oh, right. And she basically on. gave you what was going to be on the test. And she's like, see, you guys all could have came to my house. I had 10 of them. Well, that's not right. Well, you all could have came. There was an open invitation for everybody to come. Ooh. And she lived in Franklin Lakes. Nice. And uh, so I okay. said uh, to this uh, to this lady, Mrs. Burns, I thanked her for all her time. When I went to college, and she had told me, she said, John, she says, you want to do something with your life. You want to become an engineer. I said, no, I don't. She said, no, you want to. She said, you don't want to take an easy road. So I got there, and the professors, well, let's just say they had this ego, which none of them usually have. 
Yeah. And I said, I don't know if I want to do this. It's like, I feel like I'm going to be uh, rushing a fraternity or getting hazed here. And what they told me is that uh, this is their class. If you skip it, that's fine. Uh, the notes are going to come from what's in class. So if you decide not to show up and read the book, you're going <laughs> to fail. So oh, you probably yeah. should show up even if you think you're smart. Just show up. Gotcha. Just show up. So uh, my freshman year, my sophomore year, I started realizing that, uh, you know, this is kind of neat, but we had become our own telecommunications company at the university. Oh, damn. <clears throat> Pretty neat. So we had our own PBX, our private branch exchange, which basically means we had our own, we had our error code and our own three-digit number that belonged to our whole university. Oh, and we managed that. So students used to get services from Southern New England Telephone. But then this year as a sophomore, we're getting our own phone system. It happened to be Rome, which was very popular back then. I reached a gentleman. He was a very nice guy, but uh, not the friendliest to some people. And I saw they were charging for phone service. And I said, hmm, I see an opportunity here. I don't want to pay huh. phone service. I'd like to be a critique and maybe even be an intern so that I can give them viable information. Well, they weren't on board right away, but I became the first intern. I wrote software that actually would turn students' uh, services off if you didn't pay and turn them back off when you did pay. But Ooh. I never turned anybody off on a weekend because I thought that was unfair. But hey, I would turn people hey, off on nice a weekend. <laughs> and uh, they made me in charge of this. In fact, they had a name for me, Al. They called it Morley's Smoke and Mirrors. Now, I didn't smoke. You <laughs> Nobody could figure out what the hell I was doing. He said, John, we don't care. When you leave, just put it back the blank way you found it, because we're not going to try to get support to figure out what the heck you did. Well, one of the things I did in university is I always like to help people. I'm that kind of guy. And so at the uh, labs where they'd have lab assistants at the computer labs, they'd always say, oh, call John. He knows the answer. So everybody would give out my four-digit extension number, and I'd be getting lots of phone calls. (laughs) <laughs> so I said, this is getting to be a little bit much. Everybody knows my name. Oh, yeah, call John. You know, leave him a voice. And he'll get back to you. One day I got 25 phone calls. I said, this is getting to be too much. Yeah, people, hell I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know these people, Al. And so um, such and such said to call you. Mary said to call you. The UA, Brenda said to call you. The UA, uh, Ishmael said to call you. Oh, he couldn't help you? No, no. He said you would be better. So now I said, I need to take this into my own hands. So one weekend, I said to Eric, who was the head of the telecommunication bar, I said, would you mind if I did some rewiring and I had some access to some things? He said, yeah, John, you could do whatever you want. Just don't screw anything up. <laughs> so uh, I created my first Morley Smoke and Mirrors. When you called my phone number, yeah, you actually would get a message that said, hi, this is John. If I'm currently available... Uh, you'll get me. Otherwise, you'll get my voicemail. <clears throat> what you didn't know was that that was a trick. That was a test. If you didn't have a four-digit code that I issued you as one of my friends, you never got me. Oh, you went right to uh, I was never available. So then uh, what that meant is I had to use a number that was my real phone number, and I had to forward it to another number. Now, when I call professors, sometimes asking them for help, yeah. They would call the universe and say, you know, John called us, but when we dial his extension, it says it's no longer in service. How can that be? 
Oh, John. Yeah. D- don't, don't, don't even go there. I, I, we don't even want to get into that. He's, he, does his <laughs> own thing. he has like 50 different phone numbers and they rotate every day. So the number he calls you from is never his phone number. Oh. Well, why does he do that? Well, because he has this smoke thing set up so that when people call him, it routes them to a number. They're like, oh, that's complicated. And these are professors that are teaching me. <laughs> and so then I said to my friend, Eric, I said, Eric, I need something. I said, it's a little unethical, but I know you're going to trust me because I'm a good guy. I need permission <clears throat> to forward anybody's phone on premise, even if I'm not there. Now, that's pretty, uh, pretty heavy. I there could is. take any teacher, any student's phone and forward it somewhere else without their knowledge. <laughs> so I asked for that because I needed to forward a number that didn't belong to me. My number became a pilot number, which was my outside number. And I had to forward that to one of my other numbers. When I would go to uh, uh, student association at different places on campus, I would put a code in. And if I wanted to get calls, I could get calls without the code. If I didn't, so this way, if I was feeling lonely, I could get phone calls. That is too And uh, (laughs) that (coughs) spurred something interesting out. And that was that I decided to start a computer company. Yeah, the idea I had in my head. Now, I wasn't going to make any money. It was $5 for phone support and $10 for on-site support. Now, let me just tell you, Al, it wasn't $5 per hour and it wasn't $10 per hour. You heard me correct. It was $5 for me to talk to you on the phone. That's it. Whether it was five minutes or 10 hours. If I came on site for you, it was $10. One time fee. Damn. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to make money doing this. So in the 70s, you know, at least when $10 matters. This was, uh, this was in the uh, early 90s. (laughs) Time hours did not matter then. (laughs) No, no. And I had people call me. Do you take credit card or check? I'm like, no, buddy. I I take cash. Oh, okay. I said ten bucks is not a lot. You, you know, pay more than that at the hog's desk for food. Go to the ATM. You had ATMs then. We did, we did. And so um I, this this kid called me. I'm gonna not use his real name. I'm gonna say his name was Tom. Tom called me up. He says, John, he says, I need your help. He said, I got a real problem. I said, No problem, I'll be right over. Came over there, he said, What do you charge? I said, I get ten bucks. He says, So how many hours? I said, ten dollars for the entire he goes, what's the, what's the scam? What's, what's the catch? I said, there's no catch. If I don't fix it, you don't owe me a penny. Yeah. Oh. So I, I said, what's the, what's the matter? He says, I can't play this game. I said, you got me out of here because you can't play a video game. Is that right? He said, that's right. I'm trying to play Clash of the Titans or something. You seriously want me to spend time getting your computer to play a video game and it's DOS. <laughs> I was like, really? And um, I'm there for a couple hours, and it's getting late now. And I say, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll come back tomorrow on Saturday when we don't have class, and I'll fix this. I came there about 9 o'clock. I was there for about four hours. And I said, oh, I know exactly what's wrong. He said, what's wrong? I said, you don't have enough contiguous memory. Oh, what? Well, back then, there was something called conventional memory. And we only got 640K of it. You couldn't use more of that. Yeah, and then we had extended. Oh, my God. And uh, DOS programs, only most DOS programs couldn't use extended memory. They could only use conventional. But you also had things like, you might remember, a config.sys and an auto. Oh, my God. File. And so 
I looked at this and I said, oh, I know the problem. It's not contiguous. So let's tell our viewers what that means. That means that the space is not right after. So if I had one to 100, and let's say we're using spots one to 50, well, there might be a gap from 51 to 60, then other gaps. So contiguous means they're all together with no spaces. And that's what you want. So you had things like TSRs loading, terminate stay resident programs for antivirus. There was no ransomware checking back. That didn't even exist back then. There was really no <laughs> malware back then. And uh, these programs took so much resources, and they didn't do a darn bit of good. And People thought they were great, but they really did nothing. Yep. Then you had things like drivers to enhance your memory, drivers to make your hard drive read and write faster, mouse drivers, sound drivers, uh. scanner drivers. But here's the thing. When you got into Windows, the sound worked. But if you got into DOS, you had to have a mouse driver or a sound driver or it wouldn't work. Yep. So yep. I said, oh, Tom, I know what your problem is. What's the problem? Your continuous memory is all screwed up. Can you fix it? Yeah, give me a few hours. So I went through, played around with it, <clears throat> got it all optimized. He said, you want a sandwich or a pizza? I said, yeah, you can give me a pizza. <clears throat> so he gets that ready, comes back. I said, Chief, you want to check it out? He says, he says, you're done? I said, yeah, but I don't know how to play this game. Comes over here and says, oh, my gosh. He said, it's loading, but wait. He's like, it did that. It crashed. I said, just just, just wait. I said, hang on. He's like, it's playing. It's not crashing. I said, just, just wait. He said, it's actually loading. Oh, my gosh. The characters are coming on the screen. Wow, it's, it's actually saying my score. You're going to be able to play the game. No blanking way. I'm like, you're going to be able to play the game. Trust me. You're right. There's another player coming up. Oh, I can play two players. Are you ready? You have your joystick? Wow. He said, get out of my seat. I was like, okay. He's guessing. He's like, <laughs> And he's playing it for a while. He's like, he's like, how did you blank? And he's like saying every curse word. How did you do this? No problem. I just optimized your conventional memory, whatever that is. Uh, and at that point, I realized that I had talent. And he said to me, John, what do I owe you? Like a hundred bucks? I said, no, Tom, just ten dollars. Ten dollars. Damn, here, ten dollars. He says, I'll call you again. Well, <laughs> he always called me for games. I was even getting teachers calling me saying, really? um, we're having a problem with Word. I was wondering, and they're like, you know, uh, do me a favor. Don't tell any students that you're helping me. No, no, that would be an insult. This is a professor. <laughs> a doctor. John, I kind of need you to pop over when you don't have anything to do. Can you help me out? How much? What would that be? For you, $10. I don't know. That's not bad. It all depends. <laughs> is, is that the next test that's coming up that I got to help you recover? So he would say, he says to me, uh, you know, John, uh, this is kind of hard. I said, no, this isn't hard. I said, your tests are impossible. He's like, well, you know, we like to challenge you. I said, no, you like to give me a, a real headache. I said, you're the one, <laughs> you're the one that I'm always going to remember because on Friday night, when I want to go out with my friends, myself and four other computer people had to stay home and play with link lists. Now, if you don't know what a link list is, that's what we call dynamic memory in the computer. And if you muck it up, the computer crashes. Well, I learned one of the most expensive lessons, Al. When you create a link list, you better make sure you initialize the doggone thing before you <laughs> read it. Because there could be crap in those values and bam, your system crashes. Oh. That took me all weekend to learn. I will never make a link list mistake like that again. Oh, and so when I graduated, the professor changed his demeanor, like became really nice and all this. And I said, gee, I said, are you the same person? 
Well, you know, John, we had to be like that when you were in the class. We had to keep you motivated. Uh... So I then realized after that, Al, it was time to get into the real world. My dad said, John, you have a choice. Do you want to work for a company? And I will, you know, give you, uh, you know, give you a week vacation and some money. Or would you like to start your own business, take off for a month, and I'll give you some money and you can start your own business. So before that happened, I actually, a week before, I got a very big job offer from a company. Unfortunately, Al, they wanted me to go against my values and morals, which I won't do for any amount of money. No one. The guy came to me and he said, John, he says, you're very bright. I said, I know you're trying to butter me up here. I said, what is it you want me to do? Oh, we just want you to write software. I said, I'll be happy to do that for you. And even hardware configurations. I said, there's only one thing I won't do. So I just want to be clear. I will not be involved with configuring, managing, writing, or deploying any systems that are going to be responsible for taking another's life. And he sat back in his chair and he said to me, "Um, well, um, maybe this position isn't for you. And that's when I realized that my mission was to, in life, start my own company. So I started JCM and Son Associates. My friends kept telling me that I was in a paint business. And after I heard that for enough times, I said, you know what? I got to change that name. And so I did. Then I got working for my first company. It was a government agency. They gave me a real interesting title, so they didn't have to pay me much. They called me out a TSC, a terminate, uh, um, really should be terminate, a technical services coordinator. Now, that's a person that knows how to plug a few wires in, uh, order a few things, smile at some people, install some software, and that's about it. I got your corporate tech support. Hey, John, uh, (laughs) I I need something that can help me clean my draw. John, I can't open his email, John. Well, Uh, corporate tech support would have been good, but I was actually working for a school district. Oh, God, no. And uh, I never realized how much people de-appreciated me. But I ate crow for several years. Well, the tech guy is always underappreciated. I'm going to call the lady Linda. That wasn't her name, but she's the Gestapo. She's (laughs) going to sign in, you sign out. And a couple times I'd sign early. She said, you know, John, we caught you. You're signing in seven minutes early. Okay, and? She's like, we don't pay early. And you don't sign out a minute late either, unless you get permission. So one day I had to go off to another school, which I did all the time. It usually took me about 20 minutes to get from our middle office to this other school. Well, this day it took me 24 minutes to come back. I get back to the office. Linda's on my butt and she's like, uh, uh, Mr. Morley. I said, yes, Linda, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very well. I'd be doing a lot better. If somebody actually would have made it in 20 minutes, I said, excuse me, well, why did it take you 24 minutes, John? It usually takes 20 minutes. I said, well, Linda, I'm not really sure, but let's 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 dissect this for a moment. Uh, I was at the school. I said goodbye to two people. I signed out the sheet. I said goodbye to two other people. I waved to security. I walked up the street, walked in the garage, went to the second floor, got my car, came out. 
I said I made a right-hand turn on Burn Street, came down middle left. I waited at the light for 30 seconds. Uh, then there was a cop in the street. I had to wait 30 seconds for that. And she's like, okay. She's like, you're, st- you're still short two minutes. Yeah. I understand. I said, then I made a turn on Main Street. She said, well, yeah. I said, then there's one light on Main Street. You're right. And just before I got to our office, I realized it was 105 degrees and I'm parched. So I stopped at 7-Eleven for a bottle of water. Aha! We got you. I said, aha, what? You were using government money for your own time. Oh, I said, it was 105 God. degrees. I didn't even take lunch that day. And I just wanted a bottle of water because I was parched. I said, I'll never do it again. She said, no problem. She just want to make sure you're aware of what you did. She said, we won't write you up this time. What? And I said to myself, this is BS and a lot of other words. And I said, I can't do this anymore to myself. But how do I get out of this jail? So I was less than two weeks out from getting fully vested as a part-time employee, as a TSC. Okay. People were treating me very badly. And I was still doing things to be nice, thinking that, you know, They'll eventually appreciate it. They don't. And they always tried to make it that they knew everything, but they knew nothing. And then they came back to me. And then when I explained it to them, they'd yell at me because I was explaining it too fast. And because they didn't understand the basic knowledge, they said I was being nasty to them. Of course, because that's what it is. And so about two days before Thanksgiving, I decided to walk into, I'm going to call her Mary's office, the HR person. I knocked. Hi, Mary. How are you? Listen, do you have a minute for me? Oh, sure, John. I always have a minute. Great. Listen, can I sit down? Sure. Listen, I want to come by and I want to say thank you. Oh, you're welcome. For what? I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me become a better version of myself and helping you become a better version of yourself. And they're like scratching. They don't know where I'm going. (laughs) She said, well, you're very welcome. I said, this has been an amazing opportunity. We had a great run and we're done. She says, excuse me? I said, well, let me put it in English. Um, Today is going to be my very last day. And she says to me, uh, John, you're leaving vestment on the table. You've got two weeks and you'd be fully vested. I said, you know, Mary, um, the money I'm going to make here isn't really that important to me. And I'll make tons more in my own business where I'll be appreciated and I'll be able to grow an empire of people I respect. Yes. And appreciate what I do for them. So you've taught me that it's time for me to move on and close this chapter of my life. She was speechless. Good. I exit. This one lady comes out to me who's always nasty. I'll call her Brenda. John, I have a problem with my database. Okay, I'll be happy to look at it. She better hurry up because you only got two hours. I said, you're right. So I'm working on it. Are you going to finish it? Well, if you don't finish, you can come back tomorrow. Well, I won't be here tomorrow, Brenda. Oh, were well, you going to come back on uh, next week after Thanksgiving on Monday? No. Well, when do you come back? I know your schedule is so wacky. You don't work every day. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. When are you coming back? I said, to be honest with you, Brenda, uh, today's my very last day. She says, oh, come here, John. She says, I feel so bad for you. I'm so sorry. But I knew it was going to happen. I saw the writing on the walls. What? What? What, what are you talking about? She says, they fired you, hon. I knew they were going to do it. You were such a great guy. Oh. I knew they were going to fire you. And I said, uh, Brenda, I said, uh, excuse me, they didn't fire me. They didn't fire me? No, no, I quit. Oh. And she just like turned her like nose up like, uh, well, we'll get somebody else then to finish it. Okay. No problem. Yeah. So do you, lady. 
And and they just all treated me like that. And I started realizing wow. you know, that, um, wow. you know, I needed to do something. And then what happened was after I was in my uh, um, exit path there and trying to grow my business, the Jaymore Connection, which is still in business today, jaymore.com, a full IT and tech company. I'm an engineer. My slogan is Wall Street trusts us with their IT and technology needs. Shouldn't you? <laughs> and uh, I have a level nine clearance with them. And so um, wow. after being in business for a while, this company's 34 years young that I run today. Ooh! 11 years ago. Thank you very much. I, I'm feeling chills tonight. Love it, love it. 11 years ago, Al, I learned a very big lesson. One I wish somebody would have taught me years ago. I had a publicly traded marketing advertising company. Okay. okay. Take my money and my father's money since I was a junior in college. Didn't even have a business yet mm. for years. I went to Xerox and I said, hey, Xerox, how do I become a small mom and pop print shop? They said, simple, 150 I said, I'll give you $150 right now. They said, no, 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 $150,000. <laughs> I said, just a few extra zeros. I could draw them for you. No, no, it wouldn't work. So then they said to me, John, you know, um, give us, you know, get back to us. They took me for breakfast, for lunch, and they wowed me with this beautiful machine yeah. that I apparently couldn't afford. I went to my bank and I said, hey, bank, I need a loan for 150000 Strangely, they said, yes, when do you want it? Oh, damn, nice. So now I go back and I said, let me start using some business ingenuity. I went back to the company and I said, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, um, I didn't get the whole loan. But I got something. And I'm embarrassed to even tell you how much I got. So I know we probably can't even do the deal. So I want to thank you for your time. In fact, if I owe you for lunch or dinner, I'm happy to pay you for what you guys yeah. put out for me. I only got 130,000. I didn't get the 150. Meanwhile, I did get the 150. <laughs> so they said to me, uh, John, hang on a seat. You want a cup of coffee? You want a latte? You want a donut? I'm all good. Hang on. Sit tight, buddy. Um, let me go into the office. I'll be right back. Like, what are they going to do? I, I'm, I'm, I'm 20,000 short. Yeah. And that, that's 20,000 is not a small number. <laughs> so I go into the office. I'm sitting there. The guy comes, he says, John, he says, guess what? You're not going to believe this. What? You're in luck. Today's your lucky day. This entire week, we're doing, Xerox is doing a rebate of $20,000 on any production machine over 100 yeah, grand. Uh, all of a sudden, the morally special. <laughs> and I was like, wow. They said, and we're even going to, it even comes with 40 hours of training. Ooh. Really? That's like a $10,000 savings. But I said, wow. 30,000. <laughs> right, look at this. So I said, this is amazing. And um, so we get signed up. We start the training. But now I've got my ducks in row. I go back to this company in New York early in the morning, 730. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good morning. John, how are you? It's so nice to see you, buddy. Great to see you, too. Listen, you want a donut? You want cinnamon bun? You want rolls? You want fruit? You want bagel, toast, eggs? We got all kinds of crap here. I'm all good, Greg. Listen, and he's stuffing his face. Um, what can we do for you? Listen, Greg, I want to say thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Have whatever you want. We had a great run, and we're done. What I said? 
right, so we had a great run, and we're done. Thank you. Hang on, let me get some more coffee. Let me see if Chris is in his office. Let me get Brian. Let me get your sales uh, rep uh, here. So he calls Chris, calls Brian. Uh, hey, Brian, hey, Chris, how are you guys? Hey, John, how are you? Nice to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. Listen, uh, you want some coffee? You want a bagel? You want, uh, I think Pam made some. The host for that. again. They made that special bread that you like. She she only makes it once in a while, and I think we got a piece left. You want some? I'm good. Oh, you like water, right? I don't want anything. I'm good. Listen, we had a great run, fellas. Thank you, and we're done. Oh, with the project, right? We're going to move on with another one? No, 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 no. We're done. Uh, we're done with what? Well, listen, I want to tell you something. Before you, you, you tell us that nonsense, I want to tell you that my team and I, John, we spent all night. We didn't even go to bed last night for you. We spent all night coming up with a multi-million dollar marketing campaign that's going to make you billions. Would you like to see it? No. Did you just hear what I told you? We spent our entire night. We had like 20 guys working on this. You don't want to see it? No. No. Maybe you don't quite understand English. I just said to Greg... I'm going to be a little more blunt now because I was trying to be polite. I said, thank you. We had a great run and we're done. What that really means is you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Your entire team is fired. Your whole company's fired. You no longer have my account. Ooh, bro, that's below the bell. Like you and I, we go back like, you know, like back in your college days. Yeah, I know you've been taking my money and my father's money for years and we haven't seen a return. Well, what are you going to do? Because you don't have a clue what you're doing. You wouldn't know oh, your name. Of course, I'm insulting you. Why not, right? So I'm like, you're right. I know nothing about any of this. Oh, I hope you're not going to go to Victor across the street. Let me just tell you something. He's terrible. I heard his business. He might even go under next year. Uh, all right. No, we're not going to Victor. Oh, don't go to Mark. The guy down by the bridge. Hey, what he does, he takes the money. Then he uses he uses quality paper that's half the quality than what you would expect. And he doesn't even put the time he puts it. He bills more than he actually uses. We're not using tomorrow. Oh, don't use right across the bridge in New Jersey. He couldn't, he couldn't print a bag if you gave it to him. Where are you going to? Well, there's a new company we're going to. Oh, well, can you tell me where they are? Sure, they're in New Jersey. Well, what town? Franklin Lakes. Well, we're in Franklin Lakes. Um... Well, they're at such and such. I gave the addresses. Oh, that's across the street from you guys. I said, yeah, it's a new building that, that was built. Oh, okay. Well, what's the name of the company? I gave him the name of the company, Neighborhood Publications. He's like, oh, okay. Well, who's the sales manager there? And I gave him the sales manager's name. And yeah. then it goes, well, um, who's the owner of the company? So I put my hand like this. I'm like, John Woolley. So who's the owner? John Woolley. He goes, who's your, could you take your hand away from your face? I'm like, sure. John Morley. You're the owner of that company. No way, bro. Oh, I admire you, but you know, you just don't have it. I mean, I, I like you. You're Ew, a great guy. Really? But you just don't have what it takes to do marketing. You know this, right? So I don't want to see you fail. You're you're like a buddy of mine. You know, we've been friends since college. Okay. I I said um yeah, what a friend, right? I, I said, you know, um we're going to do this. We have the machine. Uh, John, I'll tell you what. You go play play with your little fun there, and you come back with us in a few years, and we'll still help you. We'll help you out. I'll tell you what. We're going to give you a 40% discount 
on all your previous work and new work, and you could just stop this nonsense and come to us. I said, well, there's no nonsense. I've already got the equipment. I've gone through training. Oh, you've already let them rip you off. I said, I have an account rep from Xerox. He's like, oh, they've already got you hooked. Oh, my gosh, you're married already to them. I said, well, (laughs) and so the first two years, uh, Al, we failed. We didn't do very well. It's not going to be easy. It's a journey entrepreneur. You're not going to find me a success. That's part of the journey. And so um, I didn't know what to do. Jay Moore was the first client, which is why I was. I, I have a visionary. When I see an idea, I like the idea of it getting designed, sending it to my press in the middle of the night, walking in the morning, having it, bring it to the mailbox the same day and having it there the next day. Mm, Most people yeah. can't do that. So I like that. I then expanded to do print, production, graphic, media. I'm also a video producer. And our big thing is we print on anything. Paper, plastic, metal, glass, wood, clothing, all in house. But I also realized something is that I had a show, Jay Moore Tech Talk, which I've told you about. Well, we only brought that back recently. We had it 15 years ago. And we decided to basically we were on blog talk, which you might know. And we were a call-in show. And uh, we were growing. And all of a sudden, the person um, that I was, uh, there was a person that I had reached out to and many others said, you know, John, you're nobody. You're not going to go anywhere. I said, okay. I said, I'm a nobody, but I'll keep knocking on people's doors. One day, a guy called me, says, John, he says, you know what? He says, I know you're nobody, but we're going to give you a shot. So this would be great. I'd be happy to be on any small station. He said, well, we're not quite so small. We're streamed in 48 states across the U.S. Excellent. I said, wow. I said, that's that's a lot. He's Uh, like, what you're doing. And so about a year or two in, he says to me, John, he says, you're ready for advertising now. Really? Yeah, your numbers are up there. I bring my first advertiser in for three and a half million. But wait, Holy I don't man. get a pen. I don't get a penny. Really? I said to him, I said, shouldn't I be getting 60 percent? Uh, I said to the station manager, he says, John, he's uh, this is the producer. He says, um, you should, John. But this is a very complicated deal. You're not getting anything this time. Let me let what? you talk to Timmy, the station manager, because this is so confusing. I don't even understand it. Timmy, what's going on? Well, we want to thank you for the three and a half million. We did get it. Well, where's my 60% or my 40 or my 30 or my something? Like, oh, my piece. Yeah. God damn. My you know let, me, let me let you talk to Mark, the station owner, because this gets above my pay grade. Okay. Mark, what's going on here, buddy? What's going on? Oh, John, listen, thank you so much for bringing XYZ to us. Three and a half million dollar check. We just got it yesterday. Great. When am I getting my check? Well, see, that's the thing. You're not. Can I ask why? Can you just stop playing games with me? Yeah, sure. I'm going to be a straight shooter with you because you're always honest with us. Well, you just tell me what's going on. Well, the guy you brought us didn't actually come to advertise on your station. Well, what did he come for? Well, he actually came to buy out your show slot. So my show slot is worth three and a half million. Now it is. What? Three and a half million dollars it's worth a, a year. And it goes up each year. I never had that. I know it's his money kind of toys that we, we got a value for your, your, your time slot was worth it. Wow. I said, well, who took my slot? I really shouldn't tell you this. Well, just tell me, like, can you tell me? Well, it's a political organization and they're using it for their campaign and they want to permanently take it and you're off. Wow. I said, well, where do I go? John, you're so great. You're so smart. You'll, you'll bounce back. Oh, it's shit. how the cookie. It's they how the gave cookie. you the thank you talk. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's how the cookie crumbles. You know, we uh, we oh, feel very badly. I said, well, you're, you're kind of leaving me on the street. No, you're going to be fine. You're so smart. Wow. So I got a little hurt from that, Al. And I hung up my my uh, my uh, podcasting, my voiceover and all that for a while. A few years ago, person came to me and said, John, we have somebody that wants to meet you. Um, he'd like to be on Jay Moore Tech Talk. I said, well, that show sailed. We don't do that show anymore. What do you mean? So we don't have the show anymore. Well, he wanted to talk to you about it. I said, I'll talk to him, but we don't do the show. I talked to the guy, nice guy, wasn't even local. He's in another state. He said, I was wondering, could I be a co-host for your show? We don't have a show. Mm. We don't have anything. Well, could we do one show together? I would just like to be a, I would like to be, um, you know, I would like to be your co-host. Could we just do it once for fun? I would just like to see what it's like. Okay. <laughs> I said, All right. I said, I don't even know if I have an audience anymore. I haven't done this in a while. So let's just do it for fun. So we did the show. I said, after that, we're done, right? No more. So then he comes back and says, John, he said, I had so much fun. Could we just do it one more time? I said, look, I know you had fun. I had fun too, but I can't keep doing this. I'll do it one more time with you. And then can we shake on that and say that we're all done? Like we had our thrill and we're done. Absolutely. I'm not going to do this anymore. I won't pressure you. <laughs> we're in the second show. And I'm what like, oh, I have to bring some news to you. Well, wait, John. Well, we agreed. Well, we did agree. But um, bef- that was before we had six people waiting to be guests on your show. Oh, damn. I uh, said, so I guess we're going to be back next Friday next at 530. <laughs> I guess we're going to be back every Friday. Is that right? Every Friday. And um, then we moved on and then we started growing and wow. we broke our first 3,000 downloads. Uh, your first was 2,000, 3,000 downloads this year. So. We're on a crusade to hit 10,000. And I think National Cash just picked us up. And we're even on pod talk and stuff like that. So I love what I do. And I bring people on from all over. But it's all about education, as you know. You know, you get these people on there. Well, I'm selling this. I'm selling that. This is this. No, 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 no. Maybe you don't understand. My show is about education. Oh, I'll educate people. Good. I got specials. No, no, no. I, I don't think not about not, not, not sales education. I don't want to buy your goddamn product. Teach me right. how to sell your product. <laughs> exactly. So I, I a lot of times I do records, and I say to the person, um, well, you know, unfortunately, uh, productions reaching out to me. We're out of time. I don't know where the time went, but I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we had more time. We ran out of time, and I'm like, yeah, productions telling me we have an emergency. We got to wrap up. Oh, oh, when are we gonna be on the air? Let me. We'll get back to your check of production. Meanwhile, I am production. Yeah, so production just, CEO, you're, you're the sound man. <laughs> so he says to me, he says to me, John, when's the show going to go on the air? I said, I'm going to have to talk with the production team. But from what I heard, I don't think they're going to air the show. See, that's kind of above my pay grade. I make recommendations. They just said it didn't fit in with the model. Well, let me talk to them. Well, they really don't take phone calls. I can give you an email. Oh, you know, you could reapply again and get on the show. I'd love to interview you, but I can't make you go on the air. Like, I can only do the recording. It's just that's above my pay grade. Oh, I, I understand, John. It's not your fault. No, it's not my fault. Actually, it is my fault. <laughs> but, but when I tell them it's somebody else, they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you know how corporate is. You know how they are. They're very picky. And one of our advertisers probably didn't like what you said, so that's probably why I got canned. 
But that's also a real thing, though, sometimes, where an advertiser may not like what people Well, that's say. why I said. <laughs> so I'm also, I'm also a member of the International Press Association as a registered journalist and videographer. Oh, nice. So when stories don't get out, I politely call them up and say, hey, I'm trying to write a story in my town. I'm having a slight issue here in the town hall. Oh, well, what's their phone number? You give them a call. Uh, Mr. Morley's trying to write a story about community involvement. I understand you're blocking him. No, 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 we're not blocking. Well, you know, that's freedom of the press. No, no, it was just the time of day he came. Oh, so you're saying he can come back tomorrow? Well, we don't exactly know when he can come back. Well, I want to schedule a time that he can come back. Well, we'll call you. No, no, we need to resolve this now or we might have to escalate this to our attorneys because it sounds like you're blocking him from freedom of the press. Mm. Hang on a minute. And then they set up an interview and I go in there and they're not happy. But what this comes to is an interesting story. And this comes to this. I also am president of a charity in my town. And when I came in here, the town nominated me to head this charity because everybody was stealing from this charity. They were all getting scholarships, but I didn't know this. All this bad flack came onto my back. I didn't know this. And so after a year or two, I designed this amazing campaign to have people shop in the community, which I thought was great. No charge. And all of a sudden, a head person, I'm not going to mention his name, asked me to come to his office. And I know what he wants. He wants to talk to me. I said, I'm going to be busy. He says, well, when are you free? You know, uh, sir, I'm not going to be free until next next Wednesday at 3 or next Friday at 9 a.m. A whole week. I said, yeah, I'm pretty busy. Oh, well, I guess we'll take Wednesday then. So he takes the slot. I go out to see him. He goes, John, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? What are you wasting your time for? Wasting my time? Wow. I'm not wasting my time. When are you going to give up, John? So I sat back in my chair out. And he goes, how many members do you even have? I said, about 40 members. He said, see, you have nobody. So we're going to lose this campaign and you're not. So when are you going to give up, John? So I sat back in his chair, in his guest chair, and I'm sitting there. I closed my eyes. And he uh, says to me after a few minutes, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm sorry. I said, I just wanted to think because I wanted to give you the truth of the exact uh, month, day, hour, minute, and second that John C. Morley is officially going to give up with this effort. Oh, well, that's great. Now you're getting some sense. And I think I have it. Oh, great. When is it? Sir, I'm going to give up when a little baby boy, he's looking at me funny, or a little baby girl tells their parents they don't want to walk anymore. He's scratching his head like crazy. He's like, when the blank is that? I said, well, you have two boys and a girl, right? And they had learned how to walk, right? Yeah. I said, let me ask you another question, sir. When did either of them ever tell you they don't want to learn to walk anymore? He's doing all kinds of facial expressions. <laughs> He's catching a heart attack right there. Don't know how to answer. It's like, never. I said, sir, I always knew that you were an intelligent and bright man when I met you several years ago. <laughs> and you would give the correct answer to my question, which is never. You know what he said to me? John, you are arrogant. Now get that H out of my <laughs> And I said, you know, sir, I said, I didn't need your help. I was coming here with an olive branch. My door is always open, but I don't need you. 
Well, people don't want to hear that, especially people that think they have something to offer you. When you tell them those words, it's like you're stabbing them in the heart. But the thing is that they were trying to play you to begin with. So yes. it's like, you know, why are you, why are you playing the victim all of a sudden? So what I learned from that lesson, <coughs> Al, is this. In life, I wish I would have known this. I learned this five years ago. I wish I would have learned it many years ago. In life, everybody wants to be liked, right? We all want to be liked. What I've learned is if everybody likes you, that's a problem for an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. You need to have a few people. I don't say hate you. Nobody hates me. But they're a little bit weary or they're a little nervous about what John's going to do. They need to be feeling competitive and fear your next steps. Yes, exactly. Not fearing their life. But fearing, no, no. what am I going to do? Yeah, the business life. Because it's like, yeah, John is dangerous. Whatever he does next, we have to level up. So you know, They're, they're, they're worried hard. about what I'm going to do. So if you don't do that, Al, you got to bring your A game. And if oh, yeah. you're too shy to bring your A game, get out of business. Truth. When you start a business today, you start as a business owner, which is what I did in college. I was not an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a person that's beyond knowing how to run the business. They're passionate. They run the business for passion, not just for profit. So they run it for yeah. passion and money comes in. A business owner just wants to make money. How much money? How much money? How much money? Where entrepreneurs like, well, what am I passionate about? Yeah. yeah. And a what problem am I solving? <laughs> a serial entrepreneur says, I have a problem. I need to figure out a solution. I got it. Let me start another company to solve that solution. And I think people don't get it. <laughs> How many people have you ever known they get up in life and they stub their foot, right? On their couch or they break something. That's all happened, right? And they stub their foot. And what do they do? They say those four-letter words. Now, that whole day spirals down. They, they hit their foot, their knee, whatever they do. They get in the shower. They burn their arm or their back, unfortunately. Now they go have breakfast. They smell their milk all over the darn counter. It goes all over their shirt, their clothes. Oh, blank. They say some more words. They go back in. They change, put everything back on. Now they're late. They get in the car. There's traffic. They get to the office for a key prime client. Mm -hmm. They're late for that client. Well, if you can't run your own life, how are you going to run our campaign? Yeah. And it just keeps going down. But what I tell people is it doesn't have to be like that. You and I have all gone over bumps in the road, I'm sure. Do mm -hmm. we talk about the bumps we went over five years ago? Not really. Mm -hmm. You couldn't even tell me what state or what color the bump was. So yeah. why are we doing this in life? When this happens, and we all do things like knock a glass down or something happens that we're not happy with. Okay, I just say, all right, next, it happened. The rest of my day is going to be a great day because we become what we think about most often. Earl Nightingale Conan said it. And so the reason people don't become abundant in their life is because of two things. One, it's how they speak it and what's in their mind. The other reason people don't become successful is they only use their mind. The mind is great and and. Action is great, but there's something else you need to do. People say, I don't know. What else do I have to do? There's one other part of your body that is responsible for every goal manifestation you'll ever have. You know what that is? Your heart. Yes. Your you. mind and your heart need to be connected. 
you release more dopamine, you have an energy around you, and things just sort of flow. Yes. And when that happens, that heart-brain connection, people say, John, you're on drugs. No, I'm not on drugs. No. <laughs> it, it, it is the truth. It is. It, it is that taking that heart, taking that mind, and connecting it together. And the other thing I tell people, you all have the right to have anything you want in life, anything you want to be successful. There's abundance for anything you want. But what you can never do is get abundance by harming, hurting, or demeaning another person. Absolutely. It's logical thought with, 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 a, with a sprinkle of compassion. Yes. You, you oh, have I to see. have that compassion. And a lot of people, you know, you might have heard the phrase, you know, help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. The yeah. reason I do what I do every day, because people say, John, why do you do this? That's a great question. I love to talk, but I am here for a big mission beside all the other stuff I do. And that is to become a better version of myself and to help everyone else become better versions of themselves. Yes. The lady who told me, and this is what really writes me home and makes me so happy. Once in a while, I get a viewer and she wrote it. She's, oh my gosh, John. She said, thank you. I said, thank you for what? She said, you really helped me. I said, what did I do? She said, well, you know, I was going through a hard time in my life. I had no money. I was following your advice. I quit my job. I got a better paying job. I'm now not in debt. And you were right about what you said about what you're thinking. It really does work. You're here where you are today because of what you thought yesterday. You'll be tomorrow where you are by what you're thinking today. But it's not like you think it today and the elephants appear in your in your bedroom or your living room tomorrow. There is a delay. And there's also more positivity in a positive thought and less energy in a negative thought. So yeah. you have that. But you have to be consistent. And you have to want to do this from your heart, from your mind. You really want to deliver. And you got to be a key to synchronicities. Our world is all linked. And if you just pay attention to things... You're going to connect with the right people, the yeah. right situations. Uh, I think the reason people don't connect is because they're not on plane. Now, I'm also religious. I don't know your religious relation, but I'm, I'm, I'm a Roman Catholic, and I am very much into my prayer, whoever your creator is. <laughs> One thing I will tell you that has changed my life, and I tell everyone watching to do, when you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning, exercise an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, say thank, thank you. Say Open them eyes. Thank you for being alive another day, yeah. for breathing, for being able to get up, for eating, yeah. for walking. Yeah. And just for having to smash that alarm, you know? Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you a trick on that. If you go to bed at the same time every night and you put the intention to get up, I'm up well, before I, my alarm. So am I. That That, that is truth. Because. Uh, I judge my wife crazy. She's like, how the hell did you get up? For your norm, it annoys me. <laughs> I'm like, it's just a mental thing already. I'm used to it. My body but alone. But the challenge we get out is that people in our life, there's going to be people that are suck negative energy. So the last tip I want to share with your viewers is this. There's going to be negative people. I can't stop those people. Mm. Even with being uh, certified in neurolinguistic programming and being certified in hypnosis. I will tell you that when these people appear in your life, don't become nasty. Hmm. They, they're nasty to you. Say, look, I understand you're having a bad challenge, right? And you're having a situation. Why don't we reschedule our, our, our outing or 
why don't I do this when you're at a when you when you're able to focus on this and let you focus on that later? How about I get you a drink so you can sober up a little bit better and, and maybe talk to me? We I usually don't. I usually more. don't do that. <laughs> but that's a, but that's, a, that's a good one. So then, and then if somebody says to me, now I come back again, they do it again. Well, what do you do again? I say the same thing. Now, if that happens a third time, I say, look, maybe you don't get it. I'm not really into hanging around with you anymore. I want to be around positive people. Yeah. And dude, you're always negative. I try to give you examples on how you can become positive, but you always try to look at a negative lining instead of a positive lining. I'm just not into hanging around with you as much as I used to. You're, you're just not doing it for me because I've become who I hang around. Yeah, and that's important to associate yourself with, with, with good energy. You know, like, like I told the last pod matcher. I don't mind ever being the dumbest dude in the room because then I have the most to absorb and gain. I mean, surround yourself with, with that knowledge, people that are empowered or motivated to, to do something with their lives so that hopefully that could spark a fire on your feet and get you off to the races too. That That's exactly right. And I think we learn every day of my life. For every day I'm alive on earth, I'm always learning. Yeah. And I think if you part. have that, you know, that, that Jedi approach or that approach from what was it, uh, Rocky or also from, uh, Karate Kid, any, any of the versions that we need to be like that Karate Kid yeah. and we need to be, um, very poiseful and very respectful. And I don't say that we shouldn't ask why because and a lot of people say don't ask why. We're always taught as kids, don't ask why, but I disagree with that. I think you have a right to ask why in a respectful yeah. manner. Whether and you I, get an answer is another thing. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and as you grow older, a lot of people say, you know, apparently, uh, you know, you may not agree with your parents. You might say, look, I love them very much, but maybe we're going to agree to disagree. And I hope you respect me to understand that. And I think if we can keep communication open, there's no need for people to get upset. I had a gentleman the other day. Uh, that was using some four letters. I was asking for volunteers for my charity. He sent some words off me. He says, I bet you about all these wonderful curse words. He says, and how much money do you make a year as, as the CEO of that charity? And I said, sir, I said, with all due respect, I thank you for reaching out to me. I want to let you know that I don't make one red cent from that charity. What we do do is ask for volunteers so we can help and raise money and we can put food on people's table and we can give money to cancer research and and, and things like that. And to help people so that they have a great life. You know what he told me to do? He said, oh, you know what to say? He says, uh, well, maybe you should, maybe you should pray about it. I said, you know, sir, I said, I'm very grateful for that suggestion. I will pray to God for that. And then he mocked me about that. And then when I came back and I said to him, you know, I thank you so much for that suggestion and I will take that seriously. And I'm not only going to pray for my intention, I'm going to pray for you and your family. And I thank you for expressing your concern to me about how many <laughs> charities. He didn't know what to say. Of course. He respond to me. Kill people with kindness. Yeah. It, Don't try to thwart anybody. It's, it's like you know, every New Yorker could tell you that. Once they step out of New York and, you know, they go to North Carolina and everybody's waving all of a sudden telling you hello. It's like, you know, New York is like getting shot. Oh, my God. What do they want from me? They they wave. <laughs> I, I, I think that. that's the problem now is that a lot of people don't understand 
that when you're nice, we're not looking for anything. No, it's it's just you know <laughs> but, giving you good energy. That's it. But there is the there is the other side to that coin, and that is an emotional bank account, which you may have heard before. When you do something nice for somebody else, it puts a plus into your emotional bank account. When somebody does something nice for you, it does a plus in theirs. Now, when you do something, it, it does a plus, and so it's like a debit and a credit. If you when you open an emotional bank account, a relationship with somebody, you open that relationship and it's zero. It's the only bank account you could open that has a zero balance, and you don't ever want it to go zero to go negative. So you have to kind of it doesn't have to be exactly, but you never want them to go negative, and you want to keep them close, but you don't have to go tit for tat. And I yeah. think a lot of people don't understand that that's why relationships end today because like, well, what are you doing? What's the reason? Well, do you want to go? Shall I print out a ledger of? Uh, all the transactions that you've accumulated in my emotional bank account. Now we don't say that, but imagine by saying, well, gee, you borrowed this, you borrowed this. I had a gentleman just today who a very good friend of mine, but I started noticing a pattern. I needed him to help me for something and it was going to help him too. And he said to me, Oh, John, you know, um, my, uh, my uh, one worker's uh, wife's having a baby and the other guy can't work. And, you know, I looked at it and, you know, there's really not enough money in there for me. Instead of saying, hey, John, let's talk about increasing the price. He just says he's not interested. And oh, I started wow. realizing that I was in a pattern. This okay. time, another time and a third time. Usually a third time wakes me up. Every time I need something for him, he's only available when he immediately needs me. Mm. Or when he doesn't need me for something. He went through a divorce. I was there to help him with his papers, help him with his printing, help with his scanning. So we kind of stayed nicely. Now he's doing so well, but I need his help. And guess what? Oh, John, I'm so busy. I got a $10,000 a week payroll and I got to I got to keep this going. And, and, you know, it's not nice to say, but you learn who your friends are. I had a lady right in town that wouldn't help me for something. And I said to her, you know what, ma'am? I want to thank you for helping me become a better version of myself and helping you become a better version of yourself. And I will never ask you again. And I learned who my friends are in town. So thank you for helping me. Mm. Mm. I understand that sometimes too, you know, I've been fortunate though. I've had people always want to step up, but I've been in those situations, you know, especially when it comes to, to, to close people, when you want them to help you. And it's like, you know, they give you the craziest responses. It's like, damn though, haven't I been there for you? What the fuck? You know, I'm asking for the simplest thing, but whatever. It's okay. No problem. That's the whole thing, uh, Al, is that you want to make sure that you don't put a lot of emotional energy on something. Yeah, exactly. It'd be no problem. Done. Move on. Yeah. And and some people, when you say that, they attack me too. So I don't even use the word no problem. Yeah. I just, because they reverse it, I say, okay. And they get offended. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden. They, like, Yo, wait offended. a minute. You tell so me, though, I should be offended, but I'm not. But you know. Exactly. So what do you do when somebody comes to you? This happens a lot. Somebody comes to you, and let's say, for example, they say, like at the marketing, they say, well, John, you're never going to be a marketer. You're never going to be an expert at that. Many years ago, I would have, like, want to attack them, right? That's not the approach. You know, Gloria, I appreciate your comment, and I know you don't know my capabilities and where I've come and where I'm going, and... Perhaps you haven't seen some of my designs and some of the things I've done. They're actually making many of my clients happy today. But I do thank you for your your observation today. Mm. They just like they don't they don't get they like 
they don't know what to do. They usually walk away. Yeah. So when you can defuse something like defuse a bomb, yeah, you get somebody that is able to uh, respond. If you get somebody that is arguing with you, the first thing I tell people is if they're yelling at you, you can't go and say, okay, let me talk you out of it. Okay, I see you're yelling at me right now. And what I want you to do is I want you to calm down. You have to mirror them yeah. and bring it down. Master energy for that. <laughs> I've done that to customers. And I remember it was on a three-way call that the <laughs> other person happened to be a customer uh, support person as well. And when they heard me escalate my voice in order to de-escalate, the first <laughs> thing I heard was, oh, my God. And I was like. Relax. <laughs> I de-escalated, and at the end of that call, all I got was thank yous. You know, so it's like, you're right. Match the energy, de-escalate, empathy, calm. You get the job done. And if they still don't understand, it's okay. No, you know, let me not say no problems. <laughs> it's okay. That's an attack for most people. That's a trigger for them. Yeah, it's okay. Let's move on, folks. Let's do it. But, but with that, what we're saying that, though, John, you're awesome, but you definitely are teaching skills here, life skills, business skills, you know, truths, you know, as every entrepreneur goes through. So are these the things that we're going to be listening to on your podcast? And if we were to go to your link dot. So I have, I have a couple things that I do on Link3. So you're going to see a lot of stuff. I have the Jaymore Tech Talk Show, which is a national tech show, uh, where I interview guests and celebrities all around the world, local oh. business leaders. I've had heads of security. I have a national guy who's coming on that's a, a, a resident psychology expert in the world about cyber stalking. And so we talk about that. I have another gentleman coming on. We're going to be talking about anonymous social media and how that could hurt you. So things like that, I have a, a show that's called Inspirations for Your Life, which actually goes on a little later. And that talk, that's a series. Every week we have a series. Nice. And every day we have another thing. So we have that. Every Friday I do Super Motivational Friday. I also do Science Fridays with John, the science guy. So there's a lot of great things that you can watch, comment on for free. And if that's you fun. make the choice to just watch a few minutes of one of my productions, I think not only are you going to learn something, but it's going to entertain you at the same time. Hey, that's all we're looking for, especially in this wonderful world of podcasts. I'm, I'm very happy to speak to them full of podcaster, vidcaster, entrepreneur, a man that does it all, a man that's been on a journey, killing it and smashing it. So please, you know, visit that link tree, folks. All you got to do is look, it's, it's John C. Morally serial entrepreneur, not a serial killer, a serial entrepreneur. Right? Although, he's kill- <laughs> although he's killing their businesses out there for sure because he's murdering it. I mean, he, he's, he's a big dude over here with, with great energy, great motivation, and, and, and you know, with, with a wonderful light. So, John, thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing your energy, your, your wisdom, you know, your motivation, your prowess here, brother. It's important that, that, that folks like yourself that are doing what you do, you, you also share. So thank you for taking the time to share that with myself and my audience. Al, it was it was a pleasure, and I'll leave you with this, and that is change your words, change your thoughts, change your thoughts, change your mind, and that will, in fact, improve the quality of your life, which is what we want today. Al, it was my pleasure to be with you uh, tonight and with your audience. I am very grateful to be here.
Thank you. And folks, you better check out his podcast. Look him up. He'll definitely be on your favorite podcast platform. Check it out. John C. Moy, amazing guest. Thank you again. And with that, also tells you what to do, folks. You know what it is. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCaves.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.